These are days of tough times and ongoing uncertainties. But in Spring Branch, we're taking tangible steps to help our local businesses by telling neighbors about PPP loans, linking them to online courses, and help from our top leaders. Spring Branch is working for businesses. Yours. Find out more at sbmd.org. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Looped In. This is the Houston Chronicle podcast all about real estate. The dirt, the deals, the people, the places. It's all here. I'm Nancy Sarnoff, real estate reporter with the Houston Chronicle, and I am here with Rebecca Schutz. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Nancy. How are you doing? How's home life? Uh, You know, I'm good. I've started a sourdough starter. (gasps) I planted a tree. (laughs) Okay, you'll have to tell me how to do the sourdough thing because I've always wanted to do that. I haven't actually tried it yet, so I don't know if it'll work. Okay. Well, take notes. (laughs) Okay. I'll let you know. Okay. So before we get started, I just wanted to give a quick plug to a new Chronicle podcast. It is called Coronavirus Chronicle, and it's a daily podcast with interviews with Houston Chronicle journalists who are out covering the pandemic as well as disaster recovery experts and vaccine researchers. Our listeners may have noticed the first few episodes pop up on their looped in podcast feeds, and hopefully you all gave them a listen, and we hope you subscribe to the show, which you can find wherever you listen to podcasts. And also, just in the interest of kindness, I'm I'm trying to be more kind lately. I wanted to thank our listeners for sticking with us through this crazy pandemic. I I know my schedule has been totally turned upside down and I'm finding it hard to find time to listen to the podcasts that I normally listen to. So I just wanted to say thanks to our loyal looped in listeners. I hope we're getting a few new ones. And thank you, Rebecca. You've been a really great co-host and I look forward to long podcasting future with you. Thanks, Nancy. The feeling is mutual. Thank you. Thank you so much. So with that said, let's move on to the topic of today's show. Residential real estate, housing, buying and selling properties. Rebecca, over the past couple of days, you and I have been buried in housing reports. We've been on conference calls. We've been interviewing lenders and borrowers and real estate agents. And I think you put it best when you sent me a Slack message earlier this week saying Mm -hmm. what you thought your prediction was going to be for the buzziest buzzword for 2020. Do you remember what you said? Yeah. (laughs) I said the buzziest buzzword for 2020. This is my nomination. Uh, We are only in April, but uncertainty. Uncertainty. I think, yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that that one's going to stick around for a while. (laughs) So at this point, there's so much that we don't know. We don't know how exactly this coronavirus crisis is going to affect our economy down the road. We don't know how long the shutdown is going to take place. And in the in media and in business, we're all just sort of chasing information and data. And we want to understand what's happening. But it's it's hard to do that sometimes because there's a lag in data and it's simply not out yet in, in a lot of respects. So we have to look at what are leading indicators. We have to look at things that will give us a sense for where we're going. And a couple of those indicators came up this week. 
One is pending sales. Mm-hmm. So pending sales are homes or townhomes that have been put under contract by a buyer and are expected to close within anywhere from, say, 15 to 45 days. So everyone probably knows what they are, but just for a really basic explanation, they are properties under contract that haven't closed yet. And the number usually signals what the following month's sales will be. Now, a few days ago, a few days ago, the Houston Association of Realtors put out monthly data showing how many sales were completed in March, how many, what the median price of a home was. And one of the things they always release is the number of pending sales. So at the end of March, pending sales were down 2% from the year before. Now, I don't want to throw a bunch more numbers out at everyone, but I, I will just say that the previous two months, January and February, pending sales were up more than 20% each month. So mm-hmm. the fact that they were down 2% in March is really not a good sign, right? Yeah. So it's actually a dramatic difference from the trajectory we had been on. But March is also an interesting month because if you remember the rodeo went on the first week and a half of March. The stay-at-home order was the third week of March, I believe. Things really started slowing down the second half of March. So March was the first month in which the impact of the coronavirus was visible Mm -hmm. in the data. But what things are like now on a day-to-day basis is not what they were like when you uh, averaged all of March out. Exactly. Yeah. And, And you did a story on Redfin, which is a big national real estate brokerage. And they also had, you know, maybe a more accurate picture of what was happening with sales. Yeah. So it's interesting, you know, when, when this is all said and done, we'll see how Houston, how the Houston real estate market compares to the national Mm -hmm. real estate market. But Redfin does have week to week data and their data from the last week of March showed a dramatic drop in their pending home sales. Now, Redfin is actually a brokerage, so they have real estate agents. So they were looking at the pending home sales of their real estate agents, and it was 42% lower in the last week of March than it was the same week the year before. Wow. So that's much more dramatic than what was showing up in HAR's data. Yeah, for sure. And now they're also laying people off, right? Yes. So Redfin is pretty unique because... It's one of the few publicly traded brokerages, and not only that, it actually employs its real estate agents. So in early April, Redfin announced that it was furloughing 41% of its real estate agents and permanently laying off 7% of its employees. And the reason why they're doing that is because pending home sales have dropped so much that Redfin was making the argument to its investors that those employees could actually make more money on unemployment than than they could with Redfin. And that's because most of the money agents normally pull in are from bonuses tied to home sales. Okay. So when you think of the regular real estate agents who all of their money comes from commissions, you know, this is a hint as to how they might be impacted. Hopefully home sales don't drop that much in Houston, but 
who knows, with the stay-at-home order, which again, only took place the last two weeks of March, what what the stay-at-home order is going to make it do is harder to see homes. Things that were under contract, like you said, before those two weeks, those likely already went through. Mm-hmm. We actually have a coworker who closed on a home. Uh, we, we know people who have closed on homes since the stay-at-home order, but I think what people are worried about is it's less likely for homes to be put under contract. Although I have heard, I was on the phone with Jacob Sudoff from Douglas Elliman yeah. just, just today, and he was just saying he's seen a lot of doctors buying homes recently huh? because they have job security, they have personal protective equipment, yeah, and interest rates are low. So if you do have job security and want a home for the long term, people are still buying. A- another thing I thought was interesting was there's a quote by a Redfin real estate agent in Chicago, Dan Close, and he was saying, The people shopping for a home right now are those who deem their home purchase to be mandatory. Saturday, I had three sets of clients out touring, and all of them were either engaged to be married or in the process of being divorced. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So, you know, real life situations, sometimes you have to. So, yeah. By yourself. And based on all of this happy family togetherness that we're we're in, Uh that need may increase. But I've talked to a lot of agents as well, and I put out a call on Facebook to get agents to respond with sort of how they're adapting to the changes and got some really interesting responses. And I I interviewed a few people, and most of them are saying that they're not showing houses unless they absolutely have to and unless those houses are vacant. Mm -hmm. So I talked to one agent who has this whole new system for when she shows houses. She gets in her car to meet the client there. The house has to be vacant. She puts on a mask, gloves, suits up, grabs her Clorox wipes, opens the door, lets the client in while she goes to wait in her car. And I think that's how a lot of showings are happening right now. But you're also seeing all of these Facebook Live, quote unquote, open houses. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really great. I just don't know how that will translate into actual sales. I'm sure it will for some people. But when you're buying a house, when you're spending more money that you've ever spent in your life, you want to see the house in most cases. Yeah. You always hear people in real estate saying it's all about relationships. You know, a lot of times they're saying they weren't afraid of being disrupted because it's so relationship-based. People want that face-to-face interaction. And now that's been disrupted at every step of the process. Yeah. So you're talking about real estate agents, um, all the precautions they're doing to stay socially distant and safe. Once you have a home under contract, the next step is to get an appraisal. And I was going to try to get a guest on. This is a little bit of an experiment. Should we describe our setup? Do you think they want to hear? Yeah, why not? (laughs) So uh, me and Nancy, I'm sitting in my closet. (laughs) Because uh, because Scott Kingsley has told me that all the clothing in my closet makes my voice less echoey. <laughs> and I have a little microphone and I'm vid chatting with Nancy over an online like app. Yeah. And Nancy, do you want to describe what you're doing? <laughs> yeah. I am sitting in my little daughter's room. She is in the other room schooling. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, right next to her, her big fluffy comforter and surrounded by her beloved stuffed animals. There are so many that she has that I figured this is probably a pretty good place to record. So I'm surrounded by 
Harry Berry and Lacey and Ruby and all, all of the little ones. Nice. And they're <laughs> absorbing the sound. So hopefully we sound decent. Hopefully. So we're going to try to add someone to this. And anyone who's been like learning Zoom recently knows the struggle. So hold tight. Hi, Mike. Hi, thanks for having me on. Do you want to introduce yourself and say who you are? Sure. My name is Mike Taylor. I'm with Measure Up Appraisal and Consulting. Um, I live in Spring, northwest suburb of Houston, and uh, I, we do appraisals and valuations uh, pretty much anywhere north of I-10, but we track uh, data throughout the Houston area. We um, look at stuff from all of HAR and things like that. So we're uh, kind of economists mm-hmm. in a sense. So we were talking a little bit about how social distancing has impacted real estate agents' work. Appraisals are needed before people can get a loan on their new homes. But how 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 is it different being able to appraise a home in this age of social distancing? Yeah, so as y'all have seen, I'm sure you discussed during your time talking about realtors, there's just been a decline in the amount of houses going under contract. I think that that's pretty obvious. Um, we've got the data that we can show that less houses are going under contract every day as opposed to 2019, 2018 uh, during this time of year. And so that means less work for me, mm-hmm. you know, that being honest, that that's less work, uh, less assignments um, for purchase mortgage work, I will say. Now, the, you know, Federal Reserve has lowered interest rates and things like that. So we are getting a bunch of refinances. There's a refi boom going on right now. And so we're doing a lot of appraisals for those, um, which a lot of times were, if, if somebody applies for a refinance two, three weeks ago, especially when the interest rates were like bottoming out, uh, we they kind of get a backlog. All the lenders get a backlog of everybody trying to refinance. And it takes a couple of weeks to get to us, but we're, we're getting a ton of orders. We're doing more refinances now than we've ever done in the history of our business. So someone's getting a refinance. They want to get take advantage of mortgage rates, which are fluctuating wildly, but on average are near like historic lows for like weekly averages for mortgage rates. So if they're going through this process, they get to the point where an appraiser has to say whether their home is worth the amount that the bank thinks it's worth uh, before the bank will make the loan. How does that work? If there's people living in the home. Well, there, so there's there's matrices that the uh, lenders have. And, and to be honest, they're really pushing the appraisal waivers right now. And there are ways that they can use automated valuation models to give values and things like that. So if, if they are given that option, lenders are taking it right now. And Fannie Mae is encouraging them to take it, frankly. But if a re- appraisal is required, we have three options right now. We can go out and do our normal full interior, full exterior inspection. We can do a drive-by exterior-only inspection, or we can do a desktop. So um, a desktop is literally us just sitting at our desk, not ever driving out there, not driving by the comps, not driving by the subject property or anything like that. I think that there are pretty strict guidelines still with that, though. Like Like cash out refinances, they're still making us go inside the house. For any Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, cash out refinance, they still want us to go inside the house, measure the house and things like that. And so I am still going into a lot of houses. I will say that. I know that a lot of appraisers have quit doing that because they're uncomfortable with it and they're 
Um, I, I will say every order that comes in, I send a message immediately saying, hey, is there any way this could be exterior only or if it can be a desktop? And usually the answer within one business day and be like, no, <laughs> this is a cash out refinance. So we still need you to go inside the house. And so it is kind of worrisome. I know a lot of appraisers just wish Fannie Mae would just come out and say, hey, no more going inside people's houses. But this is kind of the reality of what we're living in right now. And so um, I'm just doing as my clients ask. Have we ever had to do this before where people weren't allowed in houses or, you know, lenders said, yeah, we'll be okay with just a drive-by? So the first part of your question, no, we have never been in a position where we cannot go inside people's houses. People are turning us away, things like that. Second part of your question, lenders being okay with exterior only. Yeah, early 2000s, mid 2000s, when times were good, things were booming. That's when they they get a little bit looser with their regulations. And so they were allowing a lot more exterior only drive-by inspections. And so that happened prior to 2008. 2008 happened, everybody freaked out, and they went back to doing the full inspections, and they haven't gone back since, really. I know that for some things they do. They've been pushing different products and things like that, but for the most part, they're doing full interior-exterior appraisals right now, until coronavirus, obviously. Yeah, and I, I guess I also wanted to know from you, when you do go inside a house, how is that different now? I'm sure you're wearing gloves, masks, things like that. Are you doing it faster? Are you... Um, requiring that people leave? What, you know, how, how does that work? Yeah, good question. So what I'm doing right now is I'm sending out an email to the people before I go out to the house and also discussing with them on the phone that I want all light switches turned on so I can get good pictures. And I want all doors opened, uh, including closets, so I can peek in every nook and cranny um, without touching anything. And uh, I am also requesting that they leave the house while I'm inside the house. Uh, just go for a walk, sit on the back patio, things like that. Um, and yeah, I, I am spending less time inside the houses. Um, that was a good question. I, I'm spending more time outside. I'm gathering a lot of information from outside. If it's a two-story house, I'm trying to measure as many dimensions as I can from the outside before having to go inside um, and spend more time in there. And so, yeah, I, I am spending less time inside the houses, more time outside the houses. I'm wearing gloves, wearing a mask. And yeah, taking every precaution that I can. And uh, homeowners have been really helpful with that. Everybody understands at this point. At first, it was a little awkward, me asking people to leave their home. But I think everybody's in a good place right now where they understand they want what's best for me and my family and them and their family and just society in general. So I've been getting really good compliance with that. And what does that look like when you don't go in the house? What does an appraisal look like? It sounds like sometimes you're gathering information about the interior of the house other ways? Yeah. So our requirements from Fannie Mae are different than our requirements through our governing documents, our general practices and uh, procedures called USPAP. USPAP says that we have to have a credible amount of evidence to be able to perform a credible appraisal. And so we have to be able to say with confidence that we we think we know what's inside the house. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it, it is a little iffy. It's kind of weird right now, but we have to make a bunch of disclaimers in our reports. So even if you do a drive-by appraisal where you just look at the outside of the house, you still have to have a reasonable idea of what's inside the house. Yeah, it depends on what the purpose is. If the purpose is for a refinance or a purchase or 
things like that, yeah, we need to find out what's inside the house. If it's for other things like foreclosure collections, things like that, where the people don't even know we're driving by, then they're okay with us just doing it next year only. But things that we've been doing is looking at old MLS listings. I did one yesterday that was a drive-by that they didn't have a purchase listing on MLS, but they had a, a lease or a rental listing. And so I was able to look at all 40 pictures they had of the house from that rental listing. And so that was really helpful. I was able to get a really good idea because that was from this year too. So also doing FaceTime. I did my first purchase ever where I didn't go inside the house the other day. And I talked to the seller over FaceTime on my iPhone and I recorded it. There's a cool feature on the iPhone where you can record your screen and so I was able to record the whole thing. It took about 30 minutes where she took me along the outside. She took me inside the garage, all around the perimeter, took me inside the house, inside every nook and cranny so I could get a good look at everything. Um, and I felt that I was able to do a credible opinion of value based off of that. And so it was really interesting, though. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of cool that we're at that point technologically, you know, just for our safety and everything. And you know, you kind of wonder if that's the wave of the future. I don't know if it will be for all purchases and things like that, but I think for other types of appraisal, why not? Why not be able to use, utilize this technology, save everybody time and safety, things like that. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. I was going to ask how you think this is going to change, permanently change your industry going forward. And it sounds like, it sounds like right now everyone's getting experience with new technologies and just the way that they're doing things. So maybe those could carry over into our post-coronavirus world. I think so. And I, th I mean, we're seeing this in a lot of industries, right? We're learning through secondary education and things how we can do distance learning now. Universities have all moved to distance learning. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of appraisers are kind of hesitant to it. And I think there's a lot of fear that oh my gosh, we're going to lose all of our work. This is how all of our work's going to be. We're never going to be able to leave the office again. We're just going to be sitting here looking at videos and Zoom conference calls. And I don't think that's the case. I think that maybe some will move that way. I think that, I know that they're going to audit a lot of the reports that we're doing right now. They're going to do a lot of more uh, quality control, even reappraisals where people will go back out to the property and things like that once this whole thing's over. I, I, I want to say they're going to do that with 5%. Okay. But yeah, I, I think that there are definitely aspects that are going to change in our industry. The software provider that I use to type my appraisal reports came out with a mobile inspection app for homeowners. And so we can just send them the app. They can download it on their phone. They can do a video tour. They can do pictures and things like that. It, it actually launches either tomorrow or on Monday. Oh, wow. That app. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. But um but we've been able to preview it. They've shown us little things for it. So we're really excited about that. And apparently they've been preparing for it for a while. <laughs> this isn't just a, a new thing, but this kind of made them put their foot on the gas and accelerate uh, releasing this product. So I think it'll be really helpful for me and for my fellow appraisers and homeowners and buyers, sellers, everybody. Very cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing with us what's going on. Yeah, sure. Fascinating. Yeah. Anything else, Nancy? No, I think that that is fascinating. And I'm hoping that, Mike, we can stay in touch and kind of follow along with where things are, are headed. Yeah. Let's do it. I break down the, the data every week. So holler at oh, me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So uh, before you go, I just, w we used to do a lightning round of questions with our guests, which were just fun and silly. But I, I sort of want to take 
something that I've heard on other podcasts, including the new Coronavirus Chronicle podcast. But uh, I wanted to ask what you are most looking forward to when we are past this whole shutdown, stay home order. Having a beer at a restaurant and a meal. I, I yeah. just... I miss the date nights with my wife. We've got two young kids and um, we, we love them, <laughs> but we're uh, <laughs> we're a little tired right now. Um, and so I, I can't wait to get out and go have, have a meal, have a couple beers with my wife. Good date night. I think we deserve it. <laughs> we're looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, thanks. Thanks for that. It's a good answer. Yeah. So going through the process of buying a home or refinancing a home, real estate agents have to be socially distant. Appraisers have to be socially distant. I've actually uh, talked with some appraisers who are older who are refusing to go into people's homes. Mm. Mike was saying that that he will still go into homes, but a lot of people won't. You know, yeah. I've, I've spoken with some of the people who won't. And then, sort of the last stop of closing on your home is signing all the paperwork. Right, that also has to be socially distant. So I've spoken with some title companies, spoke with Patent Title and Stewart Title, both based here in Houston. And they were telling me that they will still do the signing in person. If you come into the office, there's a whole step of socially distant things. Gone are the snacks. <laughs> um, gone are the crowds, people, or waits. You schedule a time, you go in, there's hardly anyone in the office. You get presented with a pen, you will take home that pen. There, there are gifts now because... <laughs> Uh, you don't want a pen someone else used. Uh, yeah, I actually heard they were giving pens and wrappers. Oh, that's so that's so China. Like, I feel like in China they love wrapping yes. for like sanitary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like that's funny. And you do as much of the paperwork as you can beforehand, so you aren't doing it there. Okay. You don't have your real estate agent there. Um, the seller and the buyer probably do their paperwork separately, and then you get it quick. You get it done. You leave. That's one way to do it. There's also drive-by closings, just like there are drive-by appraisals. So someone drives up in their car, uh, or the notary who witnesses the signatures drives up in their car, gives you the paperwork, and witnesses it through the car window. Hmm. You you come outside of your house and you fill out the paperwork, and that's one way to have like socially distant closing. And the third way is a remote online closing. So that's actually via video chat, sort of like what we're doing now, but it has a VPN to make it super secure. It records it. There's a series of questions that's meant to like confirm your identity. And the notary will actually witness your signature virtually. And that's only allowed in a few states, including Texas, but there are bills in both the House and the Senate to try to make that a national thing. So this could be also a wave of the future. We've talked a lot about disruptions, but yeah, definitely. You know. Lots of things I I predict are gonna change <laughs> and, yeah. and change permanently. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, with that, Rebecca, I guess we should call it a show. Thank you so much for being here with me today. And listeners, thank you again for your support. We would love to hear from you, so please reach out to us. I am on social media at and Sarnoff and Rebecca is at R-A Shoots, S-C-H-U-E-T-Z. Thanks to Scott Kingsley for editing, Farrell Gibbs for our music. And again, Rebecca, thanks for hosting with me. Thank you, Nancy. Miss your face. Aww. Nice to see you via video chat. Same here. Same here. We'll, we'll be together again soon. <laughs> All right. 
All right. Bye, everyone. Have a great day and stay well.